And I think I made it in my mind growing up. I was like, I, I don't, I don't want to work for myself. I want to work for someone else because working for yourself seems really, really hard. Um, and, and so like, once I, once I started, like, once I started, so I, I kind of, I think I just viewed things for a long time, like very, like more of that scarcity mindset where I was like everything I had to hold on to. And it was like, money was like that. I worked in the banking industry for a long time. So I found myself like constantly checking the bank account, constantly doing this. But I just also found like I was never getting ahead that way. And it was like, the more I focused on something like money, for example, it was like, the more it kind of locked me in. Um, and so I think that this abundance mindset has actually become more apparent, really. It's, it's again, it's so, it's kind of cliche, but it wasn't really until I started like, on my LinkedIn journey. And I just started realizing and hearing other people's stories and, and just realizing like, there's so there is so much out there. And the more you try and hold on, the less you're going to end up with. And Welcome to authentic conversations with Ryan James Miller. Join Ryan as he speaks with top business leaders and influencers and hear how they've mastered the art of authenticity to achieve all that they dreamed of. As you hear from these leaders, seek not only to be inspired by their authenticity, but to strive for and master your own. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Authentic Conversations. We are on a run. I mean, you're listening and you keep hearing this theme over and over again. You're like, I'm sick and tired of hearing it. I don't care. You're going to hear it again. Another opportunity to meet somebody online, LinkedIn, get connected, have a couple of great conversations, and then figure out, man, we have just got to get in and record some content. Uh, I'm super pumped today to have Joel Lougie on the podcast. And it, it, it's interesting to me why, I guess, because at face value, and I remember Joel connecting with you um, months and months and months ago, and I'm like, a recruiter? Like, I, okay, so you're you're just like looking for people online to place in jobs. And dude, you have just like blown me away with everything you've done, your content, uh, what you know, uh, your character and the way that bleeds through. So dude, I'm pumped today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Ryan, so good to be here, man. I, yeah, dude, when was that, that conversation had to be, I think it's coming up to a year ago. It had to be before COVID-19. I think it was probably just about a year now. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. wild. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, a, that's the power of LinkedIn, man. I hate to be cliche, but that is truly the power of uh, of that network is you can just have conversations and you never, you literally never know where, where they're going to lead. So I love it. Well, okay. So I think it's funny, you know, uh, right before this, and we're going to get into this again later for certain, but we were talking about these cliche words that get thrown around. We were laughing about the word value and we'll, we'll, we'll qualify that later, but you know, that's another one, right? When you say, you know, hate to be cliche, but the power of LinkedIn. And I think it is in some ways it's, it's, it's ridiculously used because people are like, oh, the power of LinkedIn, I build connections and I have this network. And I see tons of people in my feed, in my sphere that are building empires of engagement with people yep. that aren't doing shit for them, <laughs> you yep. know, just to be like straight. It, but it feels yep. really good. They're pumping this audience. And yet where the true power comes in beyond the fact, and I, I wrote a post on this recently, which is like at the end of the day, we want to make money, right? We are trying to drive business opportunity. But when you're able to take 
that connection, establish commonality, definitely in business, but something outside, uh, following you on Twitter lately and just seeing some more of your kind of your heart behind what you're trying to do. Like that's where I believe the power of relationship comes in. So it takes those extra steps and it's beyond just blow up my LinkedIn, but like, let's do something real. So that's what I dig about you so much. And that is really why I'm excited to, to, to be able to share in this conversation and to share you with an audience that may or may not have heard of you and may be afraid to follow you because they don't want to be headhunted or something like that, right? <laughs> like that happens a lot. Dude, it's, it's, it's so funny. And I think um, to your point, like for me, online engagement's great. And, you know, great. You got a million followers on Instagram. That's awesome. You got... 50,000 followers on LinkedIn, you get your Twitter audience, all of that stuff's great. And, and I love online engagement. And I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's an important thing and it's a good way to gauge how good your content is. Is it resonating with people? But the truth of it is, is business is still done. Like no business transactions happen online, you know, unless you've got like a top of funnel link that people can just sign up for your course. Okay, in theory. But if you're talking business to business, if you're talking about any type of relationship, it always happens offline. And we just happen to be in an interesting time where, you know, before you could go out and network, you could go and have dinner with clients. You could take them out for drinks. You can't do that now. And now LinkedIn to me is it's, it's the goldmine because if you can learn the skill of connecting with someone online, mm. maybe it's through your content, then you take it to DMS and then you take it to what we did a year ago, which is an offline call it's extremely powerful because then what you have is a 365 days a year, 24 seven, you know, it's a network that never sleeps hmm. and you're able to, you know, I, I just picture it like this. If you set, if you set a goal of I'm going to create two meaningful conversations offline, if you do that and you did that for a year, that's a hundred meaningful connections you have. That's job security that's potential collaborations. That's your next podcast guest. That's your next opportunity to be on a podcast. That's your next business opportunity. And so for me, that's what I discovered 18 months ago. And I literally, I, I went pretty hardcore into LinkedIn, like not just with the content, like, but the, con the content is what it is. But I took really seriously, like actually having conversations offline. Hmm. And I did it before the pandemic. So I was having Zoom calls three to five times a week with people weren't even necessarily in my, you know, realm of, of industry or expertise that I was looking to headhunt. They were just conversations. Yeah. And what's happened is I've discovered that, that power. And, and, you know, I see people now, I see people who have 50,000 Instagram followers and they get in like 12 comments on their, their, their posts. And you can see that like, that's where content loses its value. Cause, cause to me, it's like not about the online content. It's mm. all about those offline relationships. Like who do you know in the real world that can refer you to business that can, that can refer you to collaborations. Um, and that's where like LinkedIn is just so powerful and it's super under underutilized. And a lot of people, they, they don't, they see on the face value what it's for. And I think a lot of people see it as a database and like a place to spam people. But there's a, there is a community of people who have realized like, oh, okay, we can use this to really create connection, which is, that's powerful, you know, especially today. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I think that, you know, even when 
you say the word underutilized, what comes to a lot of people's minds is, oh, I'm just not on there enough. And it's such a mistake, right? It, it's not definitely, you have to show up, you have to be consistent, you have to be contributing. But so often contribution comes by way of engagement from you to them, right? Like you actually engaging 100%. in them, being interested in them, listening to what they have to say, meeting their needs, talking about value, providing value to them. Like, I, I just think that we're so antsy to create an audience, which again was why, you know, when I said people are building ridiculous engagement and ridiculous followings. And I'm, I'm tracking, right? These are my friends and I'm tracking all of the engagement. I'm like, all you've done is you've gotten your whole clique of people to sit around and give you high fives. And I'm like, that's cool. But what are you going to do with that? Like, when is that actually going to provide something for you beyond pats on the back because you feel good? So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's so true. true. It's, and it's and I like- well, and I like what you said about, too, about like that real engagement. So one of the things that's intrigued me about, so Ryan Serhant, uh, he's the million dollar listing guy out of New York. He's now yeah, gone yeah. off and, you know, started his own brokerage. And um, I remember listening to a keynote of his quite a few years ago. And he talked about the fact that when he moved to New York, he was brand new, he'd never been in real estate. His practice was every single day, he picked up the phone and he called five people random strangers just to introduce himself, let them know that he was in the neighborhood, what he was doing. And that if there was any way that he could connect with them, help them do anything, he wanted to do it. And today still, I mean, maybe not like really today, but you know, years later after he found success, he was still doing that same thing. So I love the fact that before your hand was forced uh, to do it almost exclusively, you were doing that by way of Zoom. Right now in the pandemic, it's like we're all forced to, to push things into other environments, but I love that you do that. So let me ask you, you, um, I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on history that will probably get into story, but you know, you spent a lot of time in the recruiting world and now you are teaching, equipping other recruiters to do what you did, uh, in, in order to put themselves out there to attract the right talent to them and for their clients. Yeah. So like what, what was it 18 months ago? Because I have seen an absolute explosion out of you in terms of you showing up everywhere. I mean, you're in my LinkedIn feed all the time. You're in my Twitter feed all the time. And I know you're not near as active there, even as you are on LinkedIn, but like you're, you're showing up all the time. You are getting great engagement from a variety of people. It's very meaningful responses, not just, Oh, great job, Joel. So what was that pivot point for you or moment of epiphany that you were like, that's it. I just, I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, you know, with, within the recruitment world, it's, it's, it's like a lot of the other, you know, it's like real estate. I mean, that's a great example of comparison. It's like the financial advising world. It's mm -hmm. like basically any job that's commission only sales, the phone is the king, you know, phone and getting people on the, on the, on the line. That's, that's how you generate business. Mm -hmm. um, but 18 months ago, I was like, you know, it's getting harder and harder and harder to get people on the phone. And I started to notice on LinkedIn in particular, because that's the platform I was using as a recruiter. I wasn't using like the newsfeed or premium. I was losing, I was using LinkedIn recruiter. So basically it's a, mm -hmm. the highest form of membership you can have on LinkedIn they, you pay 1500 bucks a month and you can access and see profiles of people that you're not connected to. So basically anyone on LinkedIn, if you have LinkedIn recruiter, as a recruiter, you can search using keywords and you can find candidates, right? So mm -hmm. that's how I was using LinkedIn every single day. But then on my downtime, like when I was bored, 
which was, you know, whatever, two, three hours a day, I would just, or if I needed a break, I'd go into the newsfeed and I'd start scrolling. And I started just to notice, like, first of all, I'd started to notice video, but then I started to notice a lot of the content was changing from like, you know, maybe three or four years ago where it was a lot of like, to be honest, it was like a lot of like really weird long form articles, but then also it was like these, I remember there being this trend of like apple plus orange equals banana and then banana plus orange equals like giraffe. <laughs> Can you figure it out? Like there was a lot of just random posts like that, but it started to get more, there was a lot more storytelling. And and I, I just started looking at that and just thinking to myself, number one, I looked at the content and I just thought, you know what? I I see it and like, I, I think I could probably do this myself. And I started seeing the video content and I was like, you know what? I think I could do this myself. And, um, and then I'd start getting into the content and started consuming it. And to your point before, it was like, I probably spent a month just engaging with other people's content. And then I started to notice, like, as I engaged with other people, they would respond to me and it was like connection was happening and it sent me a connection request. And so I kind of became fascinated with that idea of like engaging so then when I started creating, I, I suddenly started thinking like, you know what, I could probably start creating content and just getting my name out more, which in recruiting, you know, as, as outbound effectiveness was going down, I started thinking I could just get in front of people pretty easily every single day by just putting out content. So that's what I started to do. And it started off with one video a week that was recruitment based. So it was, you know, it was hey, this is how you attract the best candidate or this is how you stay persistent. And it was pretty basic. Mm. And the same with my written content. I, did, I just committed, I'm going to write a post every day. And again, it was very basic. Like I, my, if you go back, which would probably take three hours to scroll through now, but if you went back to the beginning, it was, um, I remember doing a post like the LinkedIn 10 commandments. And it was like, don't self-promote, like don't spam people. And what I, what I, looking Yo, people back need to now, go back. People, people need to go back and read that post. <laughs> you should. I mean, it's, it's funny because that it's one like, specifically. <laughs> it, it, oh, and I, I did, I actually done that post three times since and kind of repurposed it and it yeah. better every time I do it. But the point was, is like in the early days, it was pretty bad content. Like looking back, I would never post that. But in the time, mm. it was like all I knew how to do. So then you fast forward a year into that process. I started getting like serious inbound leads. And I'm not just talking about like, you know, candidates saying, hey, I need to find a job. That always was there. It was like presidents and owners of companies hitting me up in my DMs and saying, hey, I want to work with you. Send me your contract. Let's set up a time to call. And then as I started doing those calls, there was a huge difference between the outbound sales I'd make and the inbound. Hmm. The biggest difference was as soon as you have an inbound lead, trust and likability is there and so the call becomes a lot easier you control it and then as you start sending candidates if it's an outbound sale you've worked so hard to convince them that you're the best recruiter then you start sending them candidates and they've got to it like takes like a time period to get them to trust those candidates with inbound it's like hey you can get a placement in two to three weeks and it would you could send the same candidates but it would take two to three weeks compared to six to eight weeks hmm. with outbound so I, you know, I, I about a about a year into that uh, content creation journey, I ended up leaving the recruitment firm that I was at to go to another recruitment firm. And this new recruitment firm, they were like, "Hey, we're going to train you on recruiting," and so they did. And it was a great training program, really outbound focused. But then they had one day where they trained us on LinkedIn, 
And I'd already, I already had like 35,000 followers. I was already getting millions of views a month. And so they kind of knew that, but they went through this training program with me and they said, you know, you need to share like a job description every single day. You need to do this. You need to do that. And then they asked me in the training class, they're like, well, Joel, you know, you do a lot on LinkedIn. Like, what would you recommend? I was like, guys, I'm not like wanting to be like rebellious, but I would not do that at all. And this is what I would do. And it was at that point, I just realized like, if this is what one of the most reputable companies, recruitment companies in the world is like Mm. teaching people on LinkedIn recruiters specifically, that to me shows that there's actually a need for just good training and, you know, equipping people for the future of recruiting. Uh, Because what I also overheard was from one of the corporate trainers who happened to be in the office was I overheard him saying, uh, and this is not, I don't even have them mentioned on my LinkedIn profile. So you don't need to try and go, go <laughs> Who was it? but uh, they, he basically said, look, you know, as a, as a, uh, you know, manager or owner of, of uh, you know, of, of one of these recruitment firms, you're going to get millennials that come in and they're going to tell you that cold calling is dead and social media is the way to go. He's like, don't listen to them. <laughs> it's complete nonsense. Cold calling is very much alive social media won't produce anything in results. And it was like, as soon as I heard that, it was already the beginning of my end of my tenure at that place. I lasted, I think three months after that, but it also just like, it set like a fire in my, in, in my, like inwards, because I was like, yes, cold calling still works, the, but the effectiveness is getting less and less. So it used to be, you could make 30 cold calls and you'd, you'd probably be able to maybe connect with two or three people, have 15 minute conversations and you get an hour of phone time that way. That's not bad. But now you're talking 50, 75, 100 calls to get that same effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Instead, you could build a foundation for inbound. Mm. And, you know, I look at it, if you start from scratch, it's going to be hard either way. Like con- social media and content is not like an easy game. It's not like a, <laughs> right. it's not a quick fix overnight. But if you invest in it, it's the same concept of investing money. Like, if you're consistent with money for two weeks, saving and investing, you don't make any money unless you're in like Bitcoin that just goes up. <laughs> Outside of that, you've got to be in it for the long game. Yep. And understand that it's a compounding effect. So it gets bigger and bigger. Same with cold calling. So, but if you did both at the same time, then three years, you're in a completely different position than the person that just did one or the other. Yep. And, and so I just realized there was a need for that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make it my mission to, uh, to bring up, bring on the modern day recruiter, which is what I'm calling it, like the modern recruiter where I can just equip teams. And I'm telling agency owners, it's not, you don't do this to get inbound leads. You do this to like properly prepare your people to survive the future of recruiting because the attention right now is all on social media and it's, it's, I'm teaching LinkedIn right now. Um, but these you know, the foundations I'm teaching, they apply to every social channel. Uh, They apply to something like Clubhouse or YouTube or whatever it is. The idea is like, how do you know how to, how to network? Do you know how to brand yourself? And do you know how to connect and reach the people where they are? Um, And as a recruiter, you know, that's, that's going to be the change that happens. Uh, So yeah, that's, uh, I will tell you, it gets met with a lot of resistance yeah, I've, of course. I've, I've had people email me and tell me I'm a washout, I'm a burnout, like I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but the reality is, is like to tell me that any industry right now is the same as it was five or 10 years ago, I don't yep. care what industry you're in, 
it's a different world. And the people that are winning are the ones that are taking their online, like little nook online and are building something. And yep. some people are building mansions right now and investing heavily. Other people are maybe built, building like a small apartment. Uh, but, but there's some people who are just going to be left homeless. And if you're in that homeless category, great. If you're retiring in five years, who cares? But if you're not, you're going to be just drastically behind the curve. And uh, yeah, and I'm an abundance mindset too. So I am like, there's lots of business around. It's not like you're late to the game. You can start anytime. But the key is you got to train up people on how to build, how to get a good framework to build from and how to build it into your daily schedule. And um, yeah, so that's, that is what I'm doing today, training people on, training recruiters specifically on how to, how to brand themselves and, and gain that awareness. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, <clears throat> I mean, that obviously, you know, just uh, is, is for broad application across every industry. I mean, I do a lot of uh, sales education, specifically in the employee benefits space. And so I'm working with agency owners and sales producers, vendors, even insurance carriers. And, you know, obviously, you know, when you engage in something like that, which I'm sure same for you, it's like, how do I get the result as quickly as possible? And so I used to just push back on all of the instantaneous result and say, look, we're playing the long game here. You know, here's the strategy very much, right? We're investing for the long term. I got wise and I started teaching a here's quick win opportunities, which actually is very, very specific around the idea of referral generation. And so it's like, if you need something right away, I've got a process, a practice tool to help you generate revenue like literally today, if you're willing to pick up the phone. So that's gonna, 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 you know, stoke the fire for, for the instant. But like you said, I mean, you know, a year, two years, three years down the road, you need to be building something. And I just think it's so interesting because a, a good majority of the world uh, in business has caught on to this idea that LinkedIn is that place, but they've adopted the platform, but not the practice, right? So they just, they used LinkedIn and, and, and you said it too, like in that example, they, they, they adopted LinkedIn and said, great, here's another outbound strategy. And I was like, no, 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 no. I mean, like, where else can you go? You can, with a megaphone, broadcast who you are, what you're all about, build that human to human connection, that no like and trust continuum. And all the while you're doing that, you're winning an audience to yourself that will eventually start to take your calls, that will eventually start to engage with your messages. But like people just look at that so backwards. Yeah. And I, I think, look, I, I, I get, I'm a founder now, or at least I was for a while on, on my LinkedIn profile where that was like my main position. And I was the recipient of, spam daily and, and 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 i mean i i get a lot of inbound messages anyway uh so i've, I've had to like adopt like an away message and you know because you get a lot of time wasters right it's like you have people who just want to pick your brain that's time mm -hmm. waster you have people that um are trying to sell you on on outbound leads and what's happened is is again everything is shut down in the real world when it came to networking like events trade shows that's all gone for for at least you know whatever this whatever time period this is and yep. so quickly, you know, I look at insurance companies, they're a great example. They've gone quick. We need to, we need to like equip our people. And the way that they've seen is like automation. Mm -hmm. And so they're going, okay, what we'll do is we'll just automate new connections and then we'll spam them right away. And we'll get a small percentage of people because obviously 
when you're selling anything like that, it's like people either have a need or they don't. Yeah. And so they've adopted the principle of um, we'll just hit them right away and we'll either lose them right away or we'll get them right away. And the percentage is enough there that it makes sense. To, to me, that, that's like, it's just short-term thinking. And when it comes to any type of content, um, it's just, it's a long-term, it's a long-term play in terms of the audience, but it's also like a long-term play in terms of figuring out what works. And that to me is actually the process that everybody needs to go through because once you can build on one platform and you understand how to, mm. there's two components. You got to understand like, why is it working? And that could be for multiple reasons. Like on Instagram, it could be you're extremely attractive and people just like to see you. So you're going to mm. gain a followership. Um, maybe you've got a, a, a story that evokes emotion, but you, you've got to know like why that is. And once you know, then it's easier to build on other platforms, uh, but you've got to figure that out. And so I think to me, like that's why that long-term thinking is, is it's going all of these platforms in 10 years could be extinct. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, there's going to be new ones that pop up, but if you can figure out like why, what works on what platform, that's a skill that's really valuable. And you can turn that then into figuring out which platforms do I need to be on? How can I utilize it the right way? But still for me, like the biggest thing is it's that offline relationship mm -hmm. is the key. And, and I tell people all the time, like, you know, you, I talk to a lot of job seekers or like, I'll take time with job seekers. I tell them like, they're so about networking when they're searching for a job and then they get a job and they stop networking. Mm. And the better that you can just figure out, like when you have a job, that's a great time to network and build that job security. And it's like, to me, like the goal in business should just be like, like Ryan Serhant, he's a, that's a perfect example. Like five people a day, that's a lot, but five people a week, if you do mm -hmm. that for a year, you know, what, whatever that equals. And then you do it for five years, 10 years. If you know a thousand people or you've had a yeah. conversation with them, then you don't have to, like you lose your job. You just call up the, you know, some of those people or text them like, hey, uh, if you know anyone looking and your network's so deep, Mm -hmm. it's 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 security so i i think that it's like you, they don't teach that, that in college for some reason they don't teach it within sales like sales be, has become just like numbers driven and it's yep. like all about numbers and quick results um but i think like you can't expect your sales manager to teach you this like you've got to just take it upon yourself and go i'm not going to be working at this company forever like you no one is like unless mm -hmm. you start the company and even then you probably want to exit and sell <laughs> So you've got to take it upon yourself and realize like nobody will do the networking for you, mm. but it's the very thing that provides that security for you in every circumstance, uh, whether you're starting a business, whether you're looking for a new job network is like, that's, it's the most valuable thing that you can invest in. Um, so I would say like network offline is probably more important than, than the network online. Yeah. But I think now it's like a marriage of, of both. And like you said, hopefully if you go check out my engagement, like it's clear, like there's meaningful comments, but if you actually go through and look at those people, most of them are people that I've interacted with. And so we know mm. each other and that's why that engagement is big, which is, which is kind of interesting within itself. Yeah. Well, and I think you, you know, you bring up a really good point in the sense that, 
you know, the, the offline personal engagement face-to-face, it's the most critical, right? It will always be. And that may not necessarily be really staring eyeball to eyeball, but the real text message conversations, the real phone call conversations. But we know that not only was that getting more difficult just as the world was becoming more technologically adept, but now with the pandemic and this overabundance of people trying to reach into that world and grab people out of it, it it got harder and harder to do. People got more secluded. People are at home, not giving out personal information like they would their office information. So it's that much more important for you to figure out how to utilize these platforms to bring people into your personal world. Because I mean, yesterday, uh, so we're recording this, I don't even know what the date today is, February 24th. So yesterday, February 23rd, LinkedIn went down. And it was only down for, I don't know, 20 minutes or something like that. And it was crazy, right? Just for that moment, it's like, and, and clearly it's not going away. But you know, when, when that's where your entire network is and you have no way to connect with them outside of a LinkedIn profile, a message, like you're effed, right? I mean, it, you just, you need to consider that whether that happens or they massively change something or sell to somebody else and do something different, like you better figure out how to pull people out of that system and into a more personal environment because not only do you not want to depend on the platform, but you want that better relationship anyway, that's where you're going to grow. That's where you're going to be, you know, you'll be able to get more opportunity out of. So, and that's, that's where it's like, even with what you were saying with the engagement, like that, that applies on every platform. You know, it's like, if you, what I've, what I've realized, number one is like, you can build on any, on any platform. Like, and I think for some, the truth of it is, is for like some people, it is easier. Like if you've got a super visual skill, um on tiktok you're gonna kill it because it's a visual Mm -hmm. platform Mm -hmm. if you're really attractive you've got an edge on people if Mm -hmm. you uh like i got a friend who's really funny and he got 15 million followers on tiktok and he did it in 11 months he's moved them over to instagram and youtube but he's doing physical comedy and it's hilarious people laugh Mm -hmm. so if you've got something like that but i think within the business world like you know, most of us probably aren't like that, uh, or that's not like the major kind of skill that we're going out there with and we're wanting to connect for business. But if you put in enough time in engaging with other people on every platform, you you will grow a following and you'll be able to grow that audience. And that's where it's like, to your point, to me, it's like, it's a much more, like if, if I was to tell people like right now on LinkedIn where, where the opportunity is, is it in creating content? Um, or like, how should I spend my time? I'd say spend your time on following your prospects and supporting them on the platform. That's how you're going to increase your profile views overnight. That's how you're going to get more responses to your DMS. And like, I would definitely have an engagement strategy over a content creation strategy. If you had to pick, pick between the two, you know? No, that's so good. And you know, I think the other thing is, and I'm curious if, if you've thought about this at all, or if it even makes sense to like dig into, but, you know, for the longest time and still it's relevant today, you know, we talk about an ideal client, right? Having that ideal client avatar. So I know who I'm targeting. What I don't think people have considered as much or enough is, or even at all, maybe is just what their ideal 
engagement, what their ideal connection would look like. Because, you know, more often than not, and you brought up already some, some uh, examples of this, but more often than not, the greatest connections that we can make online are not our clients. You know, oh, they're people exactly. that are going to point us in other directions. So have you spent any time in, 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 in that conversation thinking about what kind of, what, what that looks like, what that profile is? Yeah. I mean, we, so we've taken an approach like we're launching in the US. So one one of the things that we do look at is like my my ideal avatar is an agency owner of a 20 to 30 person recruitment firm. And you know, if I do that search on LinkedIn Sales Navigator, there's 10,000 results. So that's just a huge pool where where it's at. So obviously I've got the outbound strategy directly to them, but then we start looking at like who else is who else is serving those same clients that wouldn't compete mm. against us? Those people are really, really important. Uh, but to be honest with you, like I, I really believe that like you're probably like maybe one or two degrees away with any person you talk to of somebody they're connected to somebody that would, would be a good prospect. Mm -hmm. So I think to me with content, and I think that's why like, you know, like Gary V is so good at what he does is because he like wins you as a person Mm -hmm. um, and then it's like, people are like, Oh, check out this guy. You'll like him. And that that's huge because then it's like, when you really think about it, like I could probably sit down with anybody who's listening right now and say, you know, do you know any recruiters? And they probably be like, yeah, I do. And then it's like, okay, you know, I could maybe take it a step level step further and say, well, do you know anyone who owns a recruitment firm? And it's probably a little bit less, mm -hmm. but the fact that they know a recruiter means that they know they're two degrees away from knowing a recruitment owner. Yeah. And so if, if I get a really great connection with, you know, whatever, Tony, Tony loves me. Tony thinks I'm the greatest guy ever. He'll happily make that introduction mm -hmm. in. And so you've got to be thinking like, and it's the same with job seeking, right? It's like a lot of, you want to do the applications. You want to press easy apply. You want to be doing the outbound all the time because it makes sense to, but I know from recruitment, you lose the deal to the internal referral every time. Mm. Meaning if you're, if you've got a candidate that's in play, if they really like the candidate, the only person you're going to lose to is, you know, Sabrina saying, Hey, I actually know this person over here. We should hire yeah. them. Lose it every time. Cause, cause this referral is it's the best way to do business because it's yeah. already trust there. And so I, I think like you've got, that's why, that's why I like that, that, we talked about it at the beginning. That's why the five random calls is so powerful. And it's like you over, we overthink it though. And, and so I think like getting somebody to like you first will open a door to referral. So I'm doing this already and I've seen it work and I pick up job orders, for example, from like, you know, I'm not even recruiting and I pick up job orders, but I've got <laughs> networks now of recruiters that I can say, Hey, let's work a deal out. I'll send you, you know, clients and that type of stuff. So so yeah, I think I think that's huge. And that that's really where the power of the personal brand is. And that's why like a lot of people you see, they're kind of curious with their content. So you could look at like Shay Robottom, for example, on LinkedIn, because she's just so recognizable on there. But like she never really does talk about like what she does. She does a little bit more now, but it was like for a long time it was yeah. She was just kind of saying like super polarizing things, which isn't my style, but you know, certain people just were attracted to that. They like her. And yeah. then the next thing you know they're a client of hers and then she's getting referrals really, really easily. And I think she said like, 
it was probably like a year of that before she had to start really doing any outbound. And now she's doing more outbound, but that proves a point. Like if you just put yourself out there, like you're going to attract people who like you and those people were, will refer you if you, yep. if you, it's, but you got to execute always. Like obviously if you just bad at what you do, then people aren't going to refer you. But if you can show that you execute in something and the person likes you, you'll get the, you'll get the referral. Um, yeah. That's so good. You know, it's, it's so funny that you bring up that whole like candidate thing only because uh, so a good friend of mine, uh, she's a young woman in her late twenties. She's a teacher and she's looking to move to a different school district, elementary school teacher. And so we were asking her like, you know, so, you know, you know, what are you specifically looking for? And she's like, you know, I'm going to go apply in this district. I'm like, so, you know, do you know people in the district? You know, would you, you know, would a connection help? I know a principal in that district. And she goes, you know, she goes, you know, I don't know that I want to be introduced that way. I really want to do it on my own merit. And, and I was like, are you nuts? Like yeah. your merit is what will, is how they will determine whether or not they hire you. But exactly. you know, the introduction you want from somebody close to that. And I, I don't think people think enough of that. I mean, even when I was talking about teaching referral strategy, I mean, I'm talking very simple. Like everything I do is so fundamentally simple. Uh, and you know, I'm talking to people. I'm like, have you considered this? Oh yeah, I get referrals. Okay. So like this, well, do you proactively ask? Well, you know, when was the last time you got one from one from you ask? Well, so it's like, you know, what are you doing here? You know, it, it, it's so simple. We know these things are available to us, but for some reason, it's like, we almost want to fight and do the hard work because it sounds cooler or something like Valiant. I don't know. I, I, I think it's, you know, I, I mean, I, I know like for me, like when I, when I, I got into a phase of just reading like a ton of books. And one of the books was like the go-giver, like or oh. go-giver series. And for me, actually, that book was super confusing in the time because I was like, what can I give? Like, I don't actually know what I can give, but reality is like referrals are huge things to give. And it's mm -hmm. just something that we can all give. So like an easy way to do that in any conversation. And it's become more common now, but at least within the people I, I talk to, but like, you know, it's almost like a race at the end of the conversation to say, well, what can I do for you? Yeah. And that's part of it. But then like the other part of it is like the more connections you can make for other people, the more likely you're going to get those co connections yourself. And so I think it's just a reframing of like the mindset, like you said. And I do, I do, I can kind of get where people are coming from where like, maybe it feels like a little bit slimy or they feel like they're kind of cheating the system, but like, the reality is, is like, that is the system. And like, you want to become that referral because, you know, right now it's really competitive just mm. to get jobs. And if, if, if you've got a company that's looking at a thousand applications, anything you can do to stand out, you want to do. And if, if by standing out, it's literally like, Hey, I can vouch for this person. It doesn't mean you guaranteed the job, but it means it's guaranteed the conversation. But what you've done then is you, you've got a relationship with this person and maybe they go, Hey, I really like you, but you're just not a good fit, but they're in the industry you want to get into or the location, they're going to know other people. And so to your point, it's like, it is really basic, but I, I just think it's hard for people because it's like, it's not what we're taught. Like nobody yeah. teaches you these things. Like school is all about executing on grades. It's not about like being cool and making friends. But when you think about it, like, at college, the most valuable part of any college experience, it's not the degree, it's 
how do you relate with people and who do you yeah. know and where are those people going to be in 10 years and if you if you go to an exclusive school to me the value isn't in the education i can go on youtube and learn half that stuff but it's in like where's this person going to be in 10 years where's this person yeah. going to be in 10 years um so it's it's just i think it's reframing like how you think about things and then you take that a step further with like LinkedIn. It's that same thing. It's like, yeah, you can look at it as just it's a bunch of profiles and data and I can just look at stuff or interact with content. Or you can look at it as each profile is a real person and that real person knows all the people I want to reach. And so my goal is to get as many of those people to like me and trust me. And then I can build connections with them. And how can I serve them first? And as I serve them and give more and more and more, in the long term, you're going to get way more back. Um, but I, again, it's like, it's those, those things I think are just confusing. And for people like you and myself, like we get it because we experienced it, but I was on the outside before and I, I would hear conversations like this and be like, that makes no sense. And there's just certain things in life that don't make sense, but it's a principle. Like the more you give, the more you get. So. Well, and, 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 you know, uh, along that line of, you know, you and I get it or something like, yeah, I get it. And yet it doesn't mean that I'm still doing it well. I mean, I can definitely be more intentional in asking for referrals. I, I definitely, and I've just slowly started both because of time, but just my own personal commitment. Like I can definitely be better at engaging in other people's stuff in, you know, developing that relationship more in scheduling those offline phone conversations. So I, I think that, you know, we need to always be self-reflective and self-aware of where we're at and understand that we need to continue to remind ourselves of that, those foundational things. And then we need to continue to commit to them over and over and over 100%. again. And sometimes it's daily, especially like for somebody like you, who you're, you know, you have one primary focus, but you're going in a lot of different directions. I mean, we were joking about the fact that you're spending a lot of time on clubhouse right now, which is, you know, the hot topic of, of the day or the hot platform of the time. And, um, it, it is like one of the most massive potential time wasters in history because you could sit on there all day long and do nothing but listen to people talk. And like, if you're not intentional and focused, you're screwed. Yeah. So when I, I, two questions, one, I definitely still want to touch back on, you said something way earlier about abundance I want to get to, but for, for this, I am curious. So when you think about um, your day to day, like, how do you consider intentionality in terms of platform, time? Like, is, is, is it very intentionally blocked and scheduled? Um, are you just, you're not a free-for-all. So, like, what is it for you that, that kind of drives you to do what you do each day? You know what? I am more of a free-for-all, which is- No, terrible. you are not. I, I am. And I, and I will tell you, like, I post three times a day on LinkedIn. And three times? All three times a day and it's all in the moment. So if it's a video, I'm just taking a selfie and I'm doing the video in the moment. If it's a text post, it's in the moment. Everything is in the moment. Uh, but what I'm discovering more and more is like time, I, I time block out something. So I time block out sales activity, my outbound activity. Um, I've got an automated calendar. So if I wanna set up a time with someone, it's linked to my CRM. I got some of the basics down, um, but it is actually really because I had LinkedIn figured out and I, I did have like more of a time allocation. Now, granted, I'm, I, I'm cheating a little bit because obviously like I'm 
selling recruiters on training on LinkedIn. So like being on LinkedIn is very valuable for me. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't, I, w- I would, wouldn't spend as much time on there, but that is my business. Like training people on LinkedIn, recruiters specifically, that is my business. So I'm going to spend a lot of time on there. When Clubhouse came into the mix in January, which is when I got like hopped on there and I started seeing people I knew. No, it was last week of, it was the last week of uh, December. That's when I hopped on there and I started seeing people from LinkedIn. It was like, oh my gosh, friends. And so I started building, getting into rooms and like moderating these rooms. Um, I did that for the last six weeks. Um, and now I'm getting a lot more deliberate with the time. Uh, and I would say like Clubhouse is a great use of time if you're the one who's making the conversations or you're involved in a group that makes the conversations. If you're just going randomly into rooms and like listening, it's a huge time waster. Hmm. Um, with that being said, it works very similar to like a lot of other social platforms. Like we said, like engagement on Clubhouse, this is what it looks like. You go into a room and you've got your moderators on the stage, you get onto the stage and the more you can, the more that you can like support the moderators and shout them out, the more likely you are that they're going to look at your profile and follow you. And once, once they follow you, then you can take the conversation offline and build a relationship with them. But it's, it's very similar to a lot of other social platforms. Like you want to support other people. You want to support the conversation. You don't want to pitch yourself. Um, so what I advise people to do is two things, like start the conversations that you want to have that make the most sense. And it doesn't matter if only five people show up or 10 people, if you're consistent with it, like the crowd will grow because people will go, Oh, I like this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the big mistake that people make is they think that like, you've got to you know, start a go into a room that's kind of in line with what I do, like start your own room, get used to that. And then find people offline that you you already know that you trust and get in a group and like get a group strategy together. That's the best thing I could say with intention, with intentionality. And then now for me, I'm in groups where there's rooms running every day and I'm part of like the group that runs it. And then I just say, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, between, you know, for me, one of the rooms is like 830 to 930. I commit to that three times a week. And I got another room that I run twice a week for a couple of hours, but I'm running the room. And if that room is a hundred people or 200 people at a time, it's worth my time. Cause they're seeing me. I'm, I'm, I'm selling myself by just speaking, which is valuable. Um, and then the other thing that I do is a couple of times a week, I just start rooms on recruitment because that's my topic. And those are the people that I want to ultimately reach. So I think with any of this, like LinkedIn, if you're, if you're worried about LinkedIn, like definitely schedule the time initially, schedule it on, on a Sunday, commit to it the other day, spend half an hour, spend half an hour time with your own content, engaging, spend half an hour being intentional with engaging with other people and have a system like, list your prospects and go out and find them, support them like we already talked about um, and do that and see how that goes. And as time goes by, what you'll find is you get quicker, you get to know people more. Uh, but always remember like the goal is not like LinkedIn, like conversations. The goal mm-hmm. is offline conversations. So, um, and then don't be tricked up by like, just where, like where, or tripped up by like the engagement that you see most of the engagement that you see on LinkedIn or Instagram, a lot, I wouldn't, shouldn't say all of it. Yeah, you can say, I it, know where you're going. Say most of it. <laughs> yeah. Most of it, most of it is basically 
either people who are like in groups of people that are just engaging with their stuff. Yep. And it's an easy thing you could see. You can just go down and it will say great post, great post, great post. Or like, it's just the same group of people every day. Uh, and that's a good way to boost engagement. Uh, but don't like, if, if you're not in one of those groups, you might struggle initially, but that's okay. It's like, you've always got to look at like, what are the results that I'm getting out of it? Yeah. And for me, a win on LinkedIn is if you can get, if you could get two conversations with prospects that lead to business, if you can get two of those a week, then for most of us who are in like consulting a B2B, it's a huge yeah. result. And you don't That's need good. thousands of likes. You probably need like 15 and a couple of comments if you're smart. Yeah. You That's know, good. So. It's funny you talk about pods. I knew that's where you were going. And, you know, I, for a while, um, like I actually, so that, that's how I got. So I started on LinkedIn back in 2006, but you know, just like oh, everybody you were else. like early on there. Yeah. But bumping around, it was yeah. ugly, you know, it was just kind of there. I didn't really take it seriously until, uh, mid 2017 and yeah. 20, 2018 mid 2018. And so, and even then, like, you know, at, since then I've had kind of seasons. And so when I when that original kind of pump that I got in 2018 was the result of, I spoke on a stage at a LinkedIn event, the first LinkedIn event that was done in LA with a lot of like really big influencers at the time. Natalia Wiehofsky, Michaela Alexis, uh, Authentic Alex, Alexander Galvin, Brittany Crystal. So there was a lot of people. So I just happened to be around a group of people, Goldie Chan. So everyone was supporting each other leading up to that. The and OGs. So that, yeah, so that got, you know, that got me just fortunately some pump. As a matter of fact, like uh, Quentin um, uh, was there and he was not even on the stage. He was just there kind of learning what everybody else was doing. And then he blew up after that. So like, so that was my early kind of fortune. And I didn't ride that same wave that they did. I mean, those, they've just continued to kill it. So like, I see the value in that to some degree. The problem is, and actually this just recently happened where I found out there was a good friend of mine, um, pretty good friend of mine, that, that had been getting all kinds of engagement and bragging about it everywhere. And then come to find out he was in a damn pod. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you are a liar, right? Like, you know, you're bragging about all this great stuff that you're doing and that's why it's working. And I'm like, okay, like there's a place for that. But when you're, when you're riding the wave of other people, basically auto supporting you and then telling people that they need to watch what you're doing. And it's like, come on, like that's just, it doesn't do anything. To, to me, like, I mean, I, I kind of created pods, but they're not like organized. And I just, because this is what's really interesting. Like when we start talking about pod, which is basically like, it's a back channel for everyone who's out there. It's you, you get together 20 people, you start a DM on LinkedIn or WhatsApp or one of these other like, you know, Slack, let's say, and you then you upload links of your content. And the rule is if you're in a pod, like when, when that link gets uploaded, you have to go engage with it. So what that turns into is it's a like, and you know, if you've got to do, respond to 20 people's posts, you're not consuming all that content. You're going in and going great post. So then if LinkedIn changes the algorithm and says, okay, well, we want to look at dwell time. If you're only showing up and going great post, you're actually hurting the post because you're not staying mm. there longer. So anyway, that's, that's kind of more the, the technical side, but the reality is, is a lot of people who are in pods are like, well, it's just so crazy. Like, you know, I've been in a pod with like two years with these people and it's like, I really got to know them and I, I became friends with them. And I'm like, my argument to that is like, 
dude, I'm not in a pod and I did, did the same thing. It's called just communicating with people <laughs> right, regularly and right, like supporting right. them. Like the more people you support, the more they are going to support you, but you don't need to arrange it. And like, for me, like most of the time, like people are like, you're always on my newsfeed. And, but then I get to know them and they like me and they're like, oh my gosh, like if I see your post, I'm more likely to interact with it. Yep. Um, and so you know, every time I see the big like, smile with the red background, I'm jumping into that post because it's like, I know you're going to share something good just because I've gotten to know you through that channel. And so then I read it. And on top of that, I'm like, absolutely. I want to engage with it. I want to see more. Yeah, I exactly. like what Joel's sharing. Right. So yeah, for sure. So it's, it's like a pod, but it's, it's not organized and there's no back channel. I'm not trying to hack the system. And then the other part of it is it's like, I just, you know, shared like three times a day. And I try and switch it up. I'll do videos. I'll do jiffies. I'll do short, short little quotes. I'll do longer ones. I'll do business development ones. I'll talk about what's on my mind. And I just constantly think like the one goal that I have for people is that they probably don't know what I'm going to post next. I'm not the video guy. I'm not the, I'm probably more text than anything, but I'm always trying to switch things up. And um, I think that again, like a lot of people will be like, oh, video, video, video. And videos okay on LinkedIn. To be honest with you, I think videos a lot better on YouTube and TikTok. But the thing is, just switch things up and get to yeah. know people. You're gonna get that engagement, and that's where I think, like, even a lot, a lot of the, like, if you go look at a lot of people who have big followers, follower accounts, a lot of them now are struggling with engagement because, like, the pods like they worked for a while, but like LinkedIn, they've changed things. They're trying to crack mm-hmm. down on it. And, um, you know, they can track where the engagement comes from, like, because they, if they put it on a hundred people's news feeds and they get 120 responses and they know something's going on and yep. they'll probably start suppressing it. So yeah, no, good, good for you for not falling into that. Yeah. Well, hopefully got to fight, fight the feeling. Okay. So we're going to land the plane, but, but I need to know this because, um, you talked about it, you brought up the word and then you've just continued to share the mindset behind it and belief about it. So you talked about abundance, like you have this mindset of abundance. And that's another word that gets flung around all over the place. It's a crock of shit for most people uh, because you just see them not living it out. But it totally seems that way with you. I mean, I, I, I don't remember the specifics of what we talked about, but I remember jumping on a phone call with you. We didn't know each other. You were so great to talk to, very committed to like, how can I help you? What can I do? Let's stay connected. Obviously, we haven't been on another call since then, but through social, just continued to connect yeah. all the way up till this moment. So two big questions is, where did that come from? And why do you believe so deeply in being that way? It's a great question. I think Thank for you. me, like <laughs> grow, growing up, I didn't really, I didn't really have, a, I didn't really get a lot. So it's not like I'm like, you know, it's not like I grew up in a super rich household or like I, I had a lot. And we actually, we actually moved from the UK to the US in the year 2000. And so I spent my first year in the US living in my uncle's basement. And it's not like UK, the UK is, you know, it's very similar to the US. Uh, but basically, you know, my dad, he was an entrepreneur and he was like, I believe in this business. And I think when like watching him struggle as an, a business owner, and I'd love to say like, he's one of these guys that blew up and, you know, has like multi-million billion dollar business, but it just didn't happen. But I watched him like work, 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 work. Um, 
a lot. And I think I made it in my mind growing up. I was like, I, I don't, I don't want to work for myself. I want to work for someone else because working for yourself seems really, really hard. Um, and, and so like, once I, once I started, like, once I started, so I, I kind of, I think I just viewed things for a long time, like very, like more of that scarcity mindset where I was like everything I had to hold on to. And it was like, money was like that. I worked in the banking industry for a long time. So I found myself like constantly checking the bank account, constantly doing this. But I just also found like, I was never getting ahead that way. And it was like, the more I focused on something like money, for example, it was like, the more it kind of locked me in. Um, and so I think that this abundance mindset has actually become more apparent, really. It's, it's again, it's so, it's kind of cliche, but it wasn't really until I started like on my LinkedIn journey, and I just started realizing and hearing other people's stories and, and just realizing like, there's so there is so much out there. And the more you try and hold on, the less you're going to end up with. Mm. And you just have to release and let it go. And I, th I think in my mind, you know, one of the things that people tell me all the time is like, you know, you like you're giving away too much, like you're giving away the secrets or, you know, like, if you tell them how to do the LinkedIn profile, they'll never work with you. And I'm like, no, if I tell them how to do the LinkedIn profile, they're probably just going to realize that like, I know a lot more than maybe they think that they need to know. And it builds that trust. And so I think like, I'm not at the point where like, have I made it a hundred percent? No, I'm not at that point, but it is so releasing when you realize like there is a lot out there, it's free to get. And the way that you get it is actually by giving to other people more and more. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so again, like this is a relatively new mindset for me, but that that's where it comes from. And I think it just, again, like if I look at my dad, um, he like, for example, when I started my own business six months ago, um, he was just like, man, you can't keep on like sharing, like how much your stuff you're sharing on LinkedIn. Like you're going to, you're going to lose people. But like what happened was that I went solo and all the business came to me mm. and I, you know, I was on a podcast and someone heard it and they called me and were like, Hey, I need your help with this. Um, so I'm, I'm a believer of it because I've seen a microchasm of it. Uh, but I think once you start to see some of these concepts and you start to live it out, um, it just gives you peace, you know? And like, I don't worry. And like, I check my bank account when I have to, but I'm not like holding on in the same way that I did. And ultimately I know from just having tons of conversations, like faith is a huge part too. It's like, you just start believing and, and not worrying about, oh man, my competition's growing this huge business. It's just like, okay, there's lots of other business out there as mm -hmm. well. Um, so yeah, so I, I just, I encourage anybody, like it's easy to get in that mindset, especially as a business owner of like, you know, market share, or like you get really focused on trying to like attract everybody to you. And again, like with content, like some people will not like you. It's okay. Let them go. Focus on finding those people that like you and attracting them. Mm. And they're going to be, they're going to be your champions. They're going to be your referral givers. Um, so yeah, that's, um, kind of a long drawn way out of uh, for that answer. No, it's man, an I didn't answer for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. No, I, I love that because I, I really believe that it's the right thing to do. Um, and people can argue that all day long. I just, uh, I believe that it is. And 
one of my favorite quotes ever is by C.S. Lewis. And he says, it's not your business to succeed, but to do right. And when you have done so, the rest lies with God. And I really do I believe that. that, you know, as we strive to do the best we can with the gifts and talents that we've been given, with the opportunities that have been presented to us, and we just try and give and give, and yeah, we're going to be burned. But as we continue to give, it's not that there's this guarantee that we're going to gain an abundance back, but we, we will... We will gain all that has been given for us and given to us. And I just feel like that is such a freeing mindset to have. It's such a freeing life to live. And so I love the fact that you model that. Um, not just obviously, I mean, anybody that's listening to Joel, um, you know, you can tell just by this conversation, but then go follow him on LinkedIn and I'll put his information into the show notes so you can go follow him. I love that his LinkedIn URL is the best marketing recruiter. That's just so dope. Testing that one out, testing that one out. I changed that Dude. two weeks ago because I had a client and he'll kill me if I, if I reveal a secret, but I'll do it anyway. He's a recruiter in a certain field. And I was like, and he, and I was like, well, what, what does all your business come from? He's like, yeah, most of the time people just Google like, you know, industry headhunter and my url on linkedin pops up every time so good I, you know i've been i've been toying with that idea only because my name my full name in a lot of places is taken and <laughs> so yeah you know it's just uh, i'm thinking like you know and everyone wants you know their name and you know that's great but i'm thinking like you know having something unique but that really speaks to what I do, you know, is just so great. And that's, so. that's a hack too on, uh, on Clubhouse. So my, my handle on Clubhouse is LinkedIn legend. And the way this came about was when I would type in LinkedIn, uh, I wouldn't show up at the top. And I was like, why isn't, why is that? And then when I looked the way they, they have the SEO on there is it's handle first, then name, and then it goes to SEO in your, in your biography. So what I did uh -huh. is I changed the handle, which you can only do once. I changed it to LinkedIn legend. And then I made a mistake. I told my friend about it and he changed his to LinkedIn Liam. And now he's the number one search. I'm number two. Uh, and then, uh, but then also I was like, well, I've changed my name to Joelology Recruiter on there. So for a while I was showing up on the top of the recruiter list. And now that's done because everybody's jumped on there with like recruiter, but it's something to think about for Clubhouse. Like if you want to show up on those search results, like you can change your, your handle because um, everybody, like you said, is caught up with like the name thing and like mm -hmm. branding your own name. But to me, it's like, I, I don't know how much your name really matters to like what you do as much as like what you do matters to what you do. So I would probably focus more on like the what you do. And the same mm -hmm. with like your, the URL on LinkedIn. Like if you type in whatever you type in, like LinkedIn profiles always show up on the first page. And so it's like, you want to make sure your URL is in line um, with that as well. Dude, that's money. Boom. One Boom. final bomb of knowledge just for you all. All right. So we talked a lot about LinkedIn. You're there. Uh, anywhere else that you want to shout out for people to go follow you? Yeah. I mean, just yeah. look up Joel, Joel Algy. I'm the only one in the world. There's no other Joel Algies. If you type it into Google, it's just me. And then there's like my old MySpace page you can go check out. But yes. I'd say in terms of like reachability, um, like, Instagram's pretty easy to reach me on because I don't really focus on that. And Twitter, like those are probably the easiest channels to just like follow and message me. Um, LinkedIn's a tough one. I got like 3,000 
invitations in the inbox and i only really accept recruiters now because that's who i'm going mm, my target smart. market but if you just reference hey I heard you on a podcast you know just that's the easiest way to, to do it uh but that's what i recommend for like reaching anyone like just find the channels that they're not that popular on and it's <laughs> always one and that's always the easiest way to reach people anyway yeah. Man, that, yeah, that, that's really good too, especially because LinkedIn's inbox totally sucks and hopefully one day the they'll worst. fix it. That I, I don't won't. understand. You know why they won't do it? It's because when you think about it, you spend so much time figuring it out and for them, they want you on the platform. Mm-hmm. And then number two, it's like, they have so many user like pro- usability problems, but if they fix it, it doesn't make them money right away. So why yeah. would they invest in that? No, not at all. They just keep pushing people over to use Microsoft Office. You want to you want to send emails? Go there. Don't do it in my inbox. Yeah, now they like that. You do like set up Zoom meetings in there and stuff. So, yeah, it's crazy. Well, buddy, it was fantastic. I mean, I just I, I love just chit chatting about this. I learned a bunch today, so I can't wait to go start my first clubhouse room. Um, I'm gonna have to call you again to do that. Um, just just yeah. ping me. That's what, that's what yeah that's uh, that's what they say although all my english people i work with they just say ping me in general and i'm like are you talking about clubhouse and they're like oh, what, <laughs> what does say? that mean is that was yeah, that your uh, iphone notification or <laughs> exactly exactly well i pre- dude i appreciate so much and i like it's it's cool to see how a conversation a year ago has like turned into to this and just like our engagement over time and uh definitely honored that you'd have me on on the show as well so uh yeah i just Love, I always love the opportunity just to chat and, and have a good conversation. So thank you. Yeah, no, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, guys. So, uh, you know, I'll make sure to drop Joel's information into the show notes, find him wherever you prefer, but listen to what he said in terms of where to find him most. If you're really intending to try and get a hold of him to have any kind of conversation for me, you know, where to find me always open to any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, anything you got. Don't want to forget to remind you to be you, be happy, be authentic. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and share it with others. To connect with Ryan and learn more, visit ryanjamesmiller.com.